Finding Family is a podcast that uses personal storytelling to explore and dissect the definition of family. Centering on the voices of BIPOC individuals, my hope is that we can contribute to the societal definitions of family, use storytelling to deepen our authentic personal understanding, to uplift and heal through sharing, and to make a global impact on our communities through these conversations. Thanks for joining me today. Don't forget to join me on Instagram at Finding Family Podcast or on my website at findingfamily.buzzsprout.com. Money. When I was young, I remember that money was always a little tight. My mother, the nurse, was our primary budget manager. My father, the paper factory worker, was our primary spender. Us kids, we were the primary beggars for money from either of them. You can guess who we always got money from and from whom we got a lecture about spending money. My mom was the main breadwinner of our family. She worked the graveyard shift at the psych ward at the hospital because it paid more than the other shifts. At one point, she took on a second job as a real estate agent so she could sell houses and, at times, would buy and flip houses. She would sleep two hours a day just to make ends meet. I cannot even think about doing that now. That grind is otherworldly to me. Of course, we would pitch in and help out where we could. I remember that my sister and I would update listings in these giant binders, Back then, these binders were the only way if you knew a house was still available. So there we were, taking out and putting in these listings. What's the internet after all? My father would help my mom flip houses. He was good with tools and would work on weekends to make small adjustments to the houses they bought and make them presentable enough for them to sell them. They didn't just take these small things on. I remember my mom would hustle and sell things on the side too. In some ways, she was obsessed with money, but more importantly, she was obsessed with her family's stability. She came from really small means in the Philippines, growing up in a barrio, and as the oldest, took on the responsibility of supporting her whole family. She would send money home regularly and made sure we always had enough for the things we needed. My father, on the other hand, saw his money as his money. He always had cash in his pocket, and he loved to spend it. He would take us to the Willowbrook Mall and would buy us fancy things. This was his way of showing love in some ways. He'd buy fun technology for the house or go to Home Depot and get some fancy tools for his garage, made big plans to build out our house or to tear it down. And when he was really in a new space with money, he'd buy a car. He'd roll right into the driveway with with that new car and piss off my mom. Jen and I would be thrilled. We'd go in, we'd push all the buttons, made sure everything worked. Super, super fun. I have so many stories about how money would show up in my family life. It was the cause of fights, tears, dreams come true, but it was never simple. My parents never really shared their pain points with us, shielding us from the realities of money and its many dimensions. 
These days, I land somewhere in between my mom's prudence and my father's extravagance. I won't show up with a new car unannounced, but I will spend money easily. If I really want something, I'm privileged enough to be able to buy it most of the time. But I don't take that privilege for granted. My parents work tirelessly to provide this life for me. So while I like to buy new things, I also know I can't just, as my mom would always say it, spend, spend, spend. When Jen was about one year old, my parents found themselves in a new home in Cedar Grove, New Jersey. They saved enough money to buy a house, knowing that their growing family needed a safe place with good schools and opportunities. When they moved in, though, they didn't have a refrigerator. So off they went to the local Sears, again at the Willowbrook Mall, to shop for a fridge. The problem was they had used all their savings on the house and in the move. So there my parents were, child in tow and my mom pregnant with me, begging the salesperson to sell them a new refrigerator for the small amount of money they had. I think they had $200 or so, and the refrigerator was 300 plus. Their story struck some sympathy with the sympathy with the salesperson, and they were able to get the new refrigerator, but not without some loss of their own dignity. They were new immigrants to the United States in this country, and the realities of money put them into a really hard place, in public, crying, begging. When my mom shared this with me, I was shocked and saddened. I don't think I'll ever forget that story. It stays with me. The reality of money and family. I don't think my family's experience with money was ever simple. But I know I benefit from their hard work, sacrifice, and persistence. Stories of how money showed up in our family provides a complicated lens, which we are all exposed to in one way or another. We saw this in previously shared Finding Family episodes, like how Terry's father's job as a doctor provided what they needed in the midst of a lot poorer families in South Africa, or in the many immigrant stories of Shell, Rosie, Deanne, and others. So now to you. How was money experienced in your family? Were you aware of how much money your family had, or was it hidden? Where did you see emotional responses to money, excitement, sadness, desperation, or joy? In what ways has your experience with money and family influenced you today? And where are there more shadowy areas of family and money for you? Thanks for listening in today. I hope this episode helped you to think about family through the lens of money. And I hope you take a moment to remember, reflect, and discern what this means for you today. If you have thoughts or ideas that you'd like to share with me and or others, please feel free to post on Instagram or via email at findingfamilypodcasts at gmail.com. I'm not a therapist, and I never claim to be one, but I am happy to provide a space for you to share. Take care, and I'll see you next time.
This episode was recorded, edited, and produced on Coast Salish land in Seattle, Washington. I want to take a moment to acknowledge the past, present, and future of these important indigenous communities. Learn from our past, believe the truth, help where you can. You can learn more about Finding Family on my website at findingfamily.buzzsprout.com or on Instagram at findingfamilypodcast. I'm always looking for folks to interview. So if you're listening and you're interested, please email me at findingfamilypodcasts, that's with an S, at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram. Music was composed, performed, and produced by Jung Garahi Guapo. Have a great rest of your day and thanks for listening in.